to Bill Withers, you know what I mean, fucking legend, we miss you Bill, so yeah, today's the 30th, March 30th, I guess Bill Withers passed away exactly a year ago today, so rest in peace to Bill, but welcome back you motherfuckies, the Pod Squad, you know what I mean, if you're rocking with me, you remember the Pod Squad, <laughs> Welcome back for episode 38 of the K-Podcast. You know the motherfucking vibes. We in this bitch. I'm your motherfucking host, as always. Yeah, you know I mean? What if just one day you flipped this shit on and it was somebody else here, not me? Wouldn't that be pretty wild? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? We get fucking taken over. You never know, man. 
You never fucking know. Anything could happen. But yeah, I figured I'd start with that song, man. Had a good-ass weekend, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, rest in peace to Bill. But the vibe of that song pretty much encapsulated my weekend, you know what I mean? Um, Hadn't done a beach day in a while, so we went to New Smyrna. New Smyrna Beach here in Florida. Uh, It's about maybe an hour north of Orlando. So I drove up and picked up my buddy Stu, because he's basically on the way up there anyway. That's the homie I went camping with and all that. Picked him up. Drop Rook at his place. So Rook spent the day with her doggy pal, Big Wang, his dog. And I picked him up. We went up to the beach. This was the first time, for those who know me, I've had this white Toyota Tacoma pickup truck for since college. You know what I mean? So like since 2012, 2013. And um, Saturday was the first time I ever drove it on the beach in that whole span of me having it. So that was pretty dope. It was just cool. Um, I don't know. I'd never... <laughs> I'd never driven on the beach in my personal vehicle. I've been in, you know, in other cars on the beach and stuff. But um, I don't know, man. It was just cool. It was a cool little vibe. Drove up onto the beach, set up our camp, met up with the homies, um, and just kind of kicked it for the day, man. Got some sun, had some good food. You know what I mean? The water was fucking freezing. Like, my toes were going goddamn numb. And there was mad jellyfish out there. But it was a beautiful day. So I had a beautiful day Saturday, and then um, I actually didn't even make it back to Orlando. I was so fucking tired when I got back to Stu's house. Yeah, him, him and his girl had whipped up a nice, a nice, tasty, bountiful meal. You know what I mean? So we ate, and then man, I was just fucking pooped. So <laughs> we threw on some Better Call Saul, and I passed out probably ten minutes into the episode. You know what I mean? So I just spent the night at their house, woke up in the morning, and Rook and I got out of there. Came back Sunday, had a nice fucking lazy day. You know what I mean? Regenerating, good vibes. So, yeah, it was a good weekend, man. Hope you guys had a a lovely day as well, or lovely weekend. Lovely weekend. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's going to be one of those, boy. But yeah, we got a bunch of random ass shit to talk about as always. What are we going to start with? Um, Alright, so I know what we're going to start with. First and motherfucking foremost, like, subscribe, share, comment, five star, all that good shit for your boy. But secondly, I wanted to address, I might have done this before, but I needed to do it again because sometimes I'll listen back to these episodes and just I'll hear how inaccurate I am. <laughs> so I just wanted to remind you guys out there, you know what I'm saying, if you're hearing me say some inaccurate shit or just way out of left field and it's, you know, whatever, uh, keep in mind, you know, a lot of this is in real time. So sometimes it may be topics where it's still happening, things are still developing, I may be looking at uh, shitty articles, <laughs> which, you know, hey, man, what are you going to do? But, um, yeah, you know, I say that to say I'm by no means am I always right. I don't think that I'm always right. I'm just giving you my opinion on this stuff and trying to give you facts as best I can as they come in. So, you know, I'll, I'll correct myself. You know what I mean? 
If you want to correct me, as always, hit the email, therealkpodcast at gmail.com. You understand? I'm about to decommission this fucking email if you guys don't start sending me some shit. Every time I open it up, it's ghosts in that motherfucker. I need something, all right? So, yeah, hit the email. Tell me I'm full of shit. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you want to do, bro, it's cool with me. But I guess we'll start We'll start with this Brightline train. So I'm a member of this environmental group, and I was attending this virtual meeting. Um, they always talk about things going on in the city, you know, Greenworks and stuff like that. So they were talking about this Brightline train that they're currently building. I guess it's already existing down in South Florida between, like, Miami and Hollywood and stuff like that. But they're trying to extend it up north. Um, to West Palm Beach, Coco, and then to Orlando. So I just thought that was dope, man. Like, if anyone's from Orlando or just the Florida, Central Florida area, I don't know if it's going to go to Tampa, like out west. But um, just to have that convenient train directly to wherever you want to go in South Florida rather than having to drive, you know what I mean? Um, It seems like a super dope, convenient option that'll be available come 2022, 23, most likely. So keep your eye out for that. It's definitely still in the construction stages. So, I mean, they probably haven't started advertising it much yet. But like I said, just being in that environmental group, um, I attended this meeting where they were talking about that. And I had no knowledge of it prior to the meeting. So I thought that was interesting. I figured I'd share that with you guys. Um, something to look forward to. I know this I-4 project has taken decades. <laughs> so hopefully, um, hopefully the fucking, the Brightline train won't be nearly as, as drawn out. You know what I'm saying? But, um, that should be dope. Look forward to that. You know what I mean? But the next thing I wanted to talk about was the Joe Budden podcast. I know I mentioned on here before that one of the one of my frequent podcasts that I listen to is the JBP Joe Bob podcast, and normally it's the four dudes. So it's the Jor technically the Jor, it's the Joe Budden podcast with Rory and Maul, but they also have the engineer Parks. You know, has a microphone and weighs in and stuff. So it's essentially four hosts all together, right? Joe Budden's just kind of the main host. But I bring it up because as of recently, the two co-hosts, Rory and Maul, have both left the show. And whether that's permanent or not is kind of unclear. Like, goes back to, you know, shit's kind of still developing. But um, I just thought it was interesting because it does change the dynamic of the show. I also mentioned Olivia Dope had left See The Thing Is podcast, which um, I think I talked about that on here. I did tune back into that show, and it's it's still pretty good, but, you know, Olivia's missed very much. But it's the same thing here. So, I mean, I've still been watching the JBP, but without Rory and Maul, the main two co-hosts, the dynamic has just changed a little bit. And it's almost like your favorite TV show if two main characters just left, you know what I mean, just out of nowhere. Like that 70s show towards the end when they started changing all the characters and it starts getting all fucking wonky and shit. I don't know. It's kind of like that. <laughs> in a weird way so hopefully they come back man shouts to rory and maul shouts to joe parks everyone over at the show us fans you know we need that shit man but i was thinking about that too like i've been doing this show you know when i when i, when I tell people i have a podcast or whatever they're like oh what's it about 
Yeah, fucking motorcycle. Um, you know, they'll ask me what it's about or whatever, and I joke because the slogan is the podcast about nothing. It's just a, about nothing and everything at the same time. But also, you know, they ask what the format is. You know, it's just me talking shit. Most times, as you guys know, like I'm doing right motherfucking now. But also, we got the interviews and stuff. Uh, and I think I mentioned on probably the introductory episode that it it started with me and two of my buddies co-hosting as well, Matt and Just. So it's just it's it's interesting to think about how much the dynamic changed, you know, just because I'm kind of in the same boat almost. Uh, now you know riding. Riding this ship solo dolo, you know what I mean? Captain goes down with the ship, you heard? It's just how it goes, man. But yeah, shouts to the JBP. Hopefully everything's good over there. Um, I also saw that Jamie Foxx is going to play Mike Tyson in an upcoming biopic, which I thought was pretty fire. I'm a huge fan of Jamie Foxx and Tyson, so that should be good. And then I was also seeing some rumblings of Hulu airing an unauthorized Tyson biopic that I guess he was, like, pissed about. Uh, supposedly, he took to social media, him being Tyson, Tyson took to social media and was just ripping Hulu a new one, you know what I'm saying? Saying, like, how how the fuck, I'm right here and you guys are going to air this unauthorized shit that I had nothing to do with, like, that's fucked up. And I agree, I mean... When people pass, you know, Tupac and Biggie, like we see all these docs popping out of the woodwork and it is what it is. I don't know if their estates are involved, but when the person is still alive, I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. You're not even going to consult with them at all about it. At least that's what it, that's how he made it seem that they didn't even reach out to him. They just aired this shit like, boom, here you go. Granted, I didn't check it out, so I don't know. I'm, I will check out the Jamie Foxx Tyson one. He's endorsing that one, so that's the one I'm going to check out for sure. Also, just staying on TV slash movies, uh, I saw that Issa Rae got a big TV deal, a new deal. I don't know if it's with HBO. Let's see. I'll look this up. Okay, so the article says, Issa Rae inks eight-figure film and television deal with Warner Media. Rae? Oh, wait. Issa Rae is sticking with HBO. Rae has re-upped her commitment, inking a new five-year overall deal that brings her her Rae media label in partnership with Warner Media. The pack gives HBO, HBO Max, and Warner Bros. television exclusive rights to Rae's work in TV, plus a first-look deal, a first-look film deal that spans Warner Media brands, including Warner Bros., Picture Group, New Line, and HBO Max. Ray previously signed a two-year overall deal with HBO in 2016, ahead of the debut of Insecure, renewing the pact in 2018 for three more years. It's really exciting to have that flexibility and just deepen the relationship that we already have, Ray tells Variety as part of the magazine's March cover feature. Horay already had at least 15 projects in various stages of development with them so we've been working with them on the drama side the unscripted side and the documentary side for a couple years now she adds when people believe in you and build with you i tend to want to further that relationship it's just been a staple of mine with so many of the people that i work with 
Sources tell Variety that the pact has valued at $40 million over five years, putting Ray's payday in line with fellow multi-hyphenate creator Donald Glover's lucrative overall deal with Amazon. Ray and Warner Media declined to comment on the value of the deal. Naturally. Classy. By renewing and expanding its partnership with Ray, Warner adds her to the top of its talent list, which boasts exclusive deals with J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot and Greg Berlanti. HBO and HBO Max chief content officer Casey Bloys explained why it's a, why it's a priority for the brand to continue to be in the Issa Rae business. She's obviously very talented and she's very prolific, he says. It's been very good to work with Issa personally, but also as a company, because she seeded a lot of talent elsewhere. Bloys adds that Insecure has had a broadening effect on HBO's audience based on its younger and more diverse cast and creatives. Since taking over at HBO Max, he's noticed that the comedy is one of the first shows that people turn into when they sign up for the streaming service. So dope, man. Shouts to Issa Rae. That's a big fucking deal. I watch Insecure. I don't know if you guys have checked that out. HBO show starring Issa Rae. But um, yeah, big fan of that show. So stoked to see what else she comes up with. You know what I mean? But I think that was it for TV. We can get to music next. First and foremost... I'm saying that's what this is all about, right? Clothes, bank rolls, and holes, you know what I'm saying? Yo, then what, man? What? what? Visualizing the realism of life and actuality Fuck who's the baddest, the person's status depends on salary And my mentality is money orientated I'm destined to live the dream for all my peeps who never made it Cause yeah, we were beginners in the hood as five percenters But something must have got in us cause all of us turned to sinners Now some resting in peace and some are sitting in San Quentin Others such as myself are trying to carry on tradition Keeping this rough of us and speak at a Westerns inside us Cause it provides us with the proper insights that got us Even though we know somehow we all gotta go But as long as we leave My physical frame is celebrated cause I made it One quarter through life, some godly like thing created Got rounds, 365 days, annual plus some Load up the mic and bust one, cuss while I bust from My skull cause it's pain and my brain vain Money maintained, no go against the grain, simple and plain When I was younger, this I used to do my thing hard Robbing foreigners, take their wallets, they jewels and rip their green cards Dip to the projects, flashing my quick cash And got my first 
first piece of ass smoking blunts with hash. Now it's all about cash and abundance. Niggas I used to run with is richer doing years in the hundreds. I switched my motto. Instead of saying fuck tomorrow, that buck that bought a bottle could have struck the lotto. Once I stood on the block, loose tracks, reduced stacks. I cooked up and cut small pieces to get my loot back. Time is ill-matic, keep static like wool fabric. Pack a formatic to crack your whole cabbage. Life's a bitch and then you die. That's why we get high. Cause you never know when you're gonna go. Life's a bitch and then you die. That's why we puff fly. Cause you never know when you're gonna go. Life's a bitch and then you die. That's why we get high. Cause you never know when you're gonna go. Life's a bitch and then you die. That's why we puff lie. Yeah. So if you didn't hear, motherfucking Illmatic, Nas's debut album, one of my favorite fucking albums of all time, just got inducted into the Library of Congress. Yeah, you heard me right. Motherfucking Nasir just got the Grammy. Now he gets inducted into the Library of fucking Congress. And that song, Life's a Bitch, man, that's... That's one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, that AZ verse, bro. Choo! Woo! Man. Life's a bitch and then you die! Yeah, bro. Goddamn. It's a melancholy song, more or less, but so fire. So fucking fire. So, yeah. Shout out to Nas, man. Big shout to Nas. King Nas. Godson, you hurt. Staying on music, another big partnership versus just partnered with Peloton, I saw. Let me see this fucking, I'm going to pull up this video. I'll play you the audio from this video. Versus in Peloton, you'd be like, oh, snap, it just sounds right. I'm Timberland. What's up, what's up, Swiss Beats. And we're the creators of Versus. With artists going head to head. Versus started as a celebration between writers and producers. We knew we had something that's so disruptive. What me and Tim did together worked. That celebrational energy, which was battling, which is versus. I feel that the parallel lines with versus and Peloton are the same. You're in the zone, the energy is there. Everybody's in the VIP, the same seats at the show. Music drives a workout. Imagine having that playlist of that versus and you're hearing your favorite songs from those artists while you're going on your journey. Music and fitness is like brothers and sisters. It's, it's magical. That's facts. Check it out. Peloton versus together. So, yeah, I guess the partnership basically entails the exclusive playlist. Like I've never used Peloton, so I don't really know how Peloton works. But to my knowledge, it's just the exercise bike with the different programs you can do while you're biking or cycling. So I guess they're going to integrate the versus playlist, maybe even the shows. I don't know of the live ones or the pre-recorded ones. They just announced this today or yesterday. So there's not too many details out, but that's pretty dope. You know what I'm saying? Um, so shouts to versus, shouts to, to Tim and Swizz, and shouts to Peloton. You know what I mean? Making big moves out here. Oh, yeah, I also forgot for TV. I saw that Mark Wahlberg has a new show, Wall Street, on HBO Max, which is 
it looked like more or less like Wall Street spelled like his name, Wahlberg, W-H-A or W-A-H-L. I think it's more so going to show kind of like into his life. I don't know if it's a docuseries about him, but I'm a Wahlberg fan, so I thought that was pretty fire. Shouts to Wahlberg. What else do we got here? Uh, <laughs> I saw, so I don't know exactly what happened with this little Nas X shit, but I guess he did a video. We're going to watch it live so you can get my live reaction. Um, I guess he did a video kind of pandering to like having sex with the devil or something. I saw an article about it too. Let me see what this shit says. So the this article says, Over the weekend, South Dakota's governor, Christy Noam, was stirred to make a rousing and funereal statement about the health of these United States of America. We are in a fight for the soul of our nation, she tweeted. We have to win. The combatant standing in her way? Not a pandemic that's killed over half a million Americans or the recent spate of gun violence rocking the nation. For Noem, the fight is on foot. A pair of shoes from Lil Nas X have put sneakers at the center of the culture wars, a place that, as the sneaker industry continues to boom, they seem to wind up in every few years. To catch up, Lil Nas X released a new song and video called Montero, Call Me By Your Name, on Friday. In the video, things between Satan and Lil Nas X get hot and the singer gives the devil a lap dance. To go along with the visuals, Lil Nas X worked with MSCHF. I'm assuming that's supposed to stand for mischief. So I'm going to call him mischief. An art collective with a history of producing born-to-go-viral shoes to make a pair of satanic sneaks. The sneakers are a warped version of the Nike Air Max 97 with a gold pentagram hooked on the lace and red ink injected into the shoe's air bubble, along with notably a single drop of alleged human blood. Nike quickly explained that it was not involved with this shoe in any capacity, and I believe they're actually suing. I don't know if they're suing the company or him. Um, Lil Nas X and Mischief are releasing 666 pairs of the shoe at $1,018 a pair. The cost is a reference to the Bible passage Luke 10.18. I saw Satan falling like heaven falling like lightning from heaven. A mischief spokesperson told CNN the blood comes directly from the group's members. The fuck? From one angle, the shoes are merely merch made to accompany the release of Lil Nas X's new song and video. But from another, they are also precision engineered to go viral, irking the conservative class. After weeks of yelling about Dr. Seuss and Cardi B's wet-ass pussy, right-wing commentators position theses the latest horsemen of the apocalypse. We are promoting Satan shoes to wear on our feet, conservative commentator Candace Owens wrote on Twitter. We've got Cardi B named as Woman of the Year, 
Noam the governor seemed stuck on the shoes being marketed as exclusive to kids across the country. Do you know what's more exclusive? Their God-given eternal soul, she wrote. The conservative Twitterati weren't the only ones piling on the shoes either. Former NBA player Nick Young tweeted, "My My kids will never play Old Town Road again. And said he wasn't sure if he could still wear Nike shoes. He later apologized for this tweet and jokingly said he was hacked. And Trevor Lawrence, the presumptive first pick in the upcoming NFL draft, tweeted in a reference to the shoes, Line has to be drawn somewhere, SMH. Shake my head. Human blood sneakers are new, but people getting mad online about shoes is not. Somehow, it always feels like a pair of sneakers is putting panic into those on both sides of the aisle. The sneaker was at peak politicization in the year following Donald Trump's election. When New Balance signaled its support for the new president, Twitter users posted videos of themselves burning shoes from the brand. Under Armour's executives endorsed Trump, promoting star endorser Steph Curry to consider jumping ship. The right has managed to get mad about this before, too. After Nike released its campaign with Colin Kaepernick, folks on the right piled all their sneakers together in a lethery bonfire. Certain conservative-leaning editorial boards even claimed that the swoosh's decision to pull a pair of shoes with the Betsy Ross flag in the summer of 2019 would be enough to swing the election. Why do we think sneakers are powerful enough to mark our political leanings, endanger our eternal souls, and shake our presidential races? Because sneakers have never been bigger. We know that the industry is massive and still growing business, but there's no greater argument for footwear's cultural resonance than these controversies. We care deeply about our sneakers, meaning we're ultra attuned to what they say and mean. In 2017, when I reported on the year of the politicized sneaker, Russell Weiner, a professor of marketing at NYU, brought up the concept of brand hijacking, which happens when a brand, through no active marketing of their own, happens to be picked up by a particular group. He noted that shoes, which nearly always display a brand logo prominently, are particularly immune to this phenomenon. That's an especially flammable proposition given the way sneaker companies operate. Nike is a $37 billion business that sells hyped Virgil Abloh's sneakers, but it makes most of its money from mall walkers re-upping on deeply bland tangents and monarchs there are few other apparel companies that mean so much to both Lil Nas X and Trevor Lawrence to Colin Kaepernick and Christy Noem once upon a time wearing a certain pair of sneakers evinced merely revealed your favorite athlete or hobby now your choice footwear can represent a whole spectrum of fandoms political leanings and religious choices Even Lil Nas X thinks at least some people should have something better to do than argue about sneakers. 
you're a whole governor and you on here tweeting about some damn shoes, he wrote in response to Noem, do your job. Word, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not a sneakerhead, so I really don't give a fuck, but it was causing a ruckus, as they say. <laughs> so I figured we'd talk about that, but let's play this song and video real quick and see what the fucking fuss is about. In life, we hide the parts of ourselves we don't want the world to see. We lock them away. We tell them no. We banish them. But here, we don't. Welcome to Montero. I caught it bad just today. You hit me with a call to your place. Ain't been out in a while anyway. Was hoping I could catch you throwing smiles at my face. Romantic talking, you don't even have to try. You're cute enough to fuck with me tonight. Looking at the table, all I see is bleeding white. Baby, you live in the life, but nigga, you ain't living right. Cocaine and drink it with your friends. You live in your dark, boy, I cannot pretend. I'm not faced, only you to sin. If you've been in your garden, you know that you can. Call me when you want, call me when you need. wasn't that wild until the very end the fucking devil part that everyone's freaking out about everything else was like normal pop song shit i feel like honestly i would never see that song if people weren't making a ruck ruckus about it you know what i mean <laughs> like i don't fucking care dude i really don't give a fuck i just thought that shit was funny man <laughs> not to belittle his art you know what i mean like if that's how you feel that's how you feel who am I to judge? I I get why Nike's suing him, though. 
You know what I mean? Like, you're going to use our brand to promote this shit. Fuck out of here. But, uh, yeah, you probably should have talked to Nike before you did that. It's like the Tyson shit. You're just going <laughs> to... You're just going to put this shit out and not even talk to us right over here. The fuck? I also just think it's funny. Uh, the same conservatives, you know, when Lil Nas X came out. The same conservatives that were telling this dude, this gay black man, that, you know, he's going to go to hell for his sins and he should burn in hell and all this stuff. So then when he literally shows you him going to hell and, you know what I'm saying, like, I guess how he would handle it, you guys have an issue with that too, you know what I mean? So, like, I don't really give a fuck. If there's real blood in the shoes, that's, I can see that being troublesome for health reasons, safety reasons, um, I mean, you know, pathogens, like, that's just, it's kind of gross, you know what I'm saying? I would assume they used fake blood, like, stage blood for makeup or something to make it look legit, I would hope, because I don't, I don't, that can't be legal to ship blood to people in a shoe, I don't know, I'm not a medical expert or anything like that, but, yeah, man, I thought that was interesting, I mean, just gotta express yourself, sometimes you gotta rub people the wrong way, you hear me? Shit. But I guess just staying on weird, cloudy shit. <laughs> Young clout god, Chet Hanks. I don't know if you know, Chet Hanks is actually Tom Hanks' son. And he is a rapper turned actor. Or aspiring rapper turned actor, right? And I bring this up because I don't follow this dude, but naturally just being on social media, I guess he's, you know fairly popular because somehow this shit came across my feed but apparently he's decided to start what he's dubbed as white boy summer and before we get into this i'm gonna play you i'm just gonna play you the videos from his instagram kind of describing exactly what whatever the fuck (laughs) whatever the fuck this shit is Hey guys, um, look, I just wanted to tap in really quick. I just got this feeling, man, um, that this summer is, uh, it's about to be a white boy summer. You know, take it how you want. I'm not talking about like Trump, uh, you know, NASCAR type white. I'm talking about, you know, you know, me, um, John B, Jack Harlow type white boy summer. You know what I mean? Let me know if you guys, uh, can vibe with that. And, uh, Get ready, you know, because I am. What's up, loved ones? Wow, white boy summer going up. It's fantastic. I love to see it. Thanks for making that a thing. Uh, You know, they've been asking me, Chet, if it's going to be a white boy summer, does that make it a black queen summer for you? And I said, "Uh, do you know me? Because if you did, you know that's all year round. (laughs) Respectfully. But uh, yeah, if you want to know more about the white boy summer, hit the link in my bio and register for Actors Advantage, my acting community I'm dropping where I'll be sharing all the game, all the gems on how to get into the game and actually make a living from being a working actor in film and television, if that's something you're interested in. You know what I mean? So uh, hop on the right foot and uh, make your next move your best move if you know what's good for you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, everyone have a great Saturday. Peace, love, and light. Bye. Yes, what's up, baby? It's Trent Hanks. Your girl, Amber Schiffer. Amber Schiffer, that's a strong name. Um, she told me that you're a black queen. That's me taking a bow to the queen. Um, <clears throat> are you a fan of my white boy summer thing I got going on? I appreciate that. Um, 
and that you hate Sperry's as well, but you love Vans. Me and you would definitely get along. If you ever see me, come holler at me. <laughs> so yeah, that's Chet Hanks, man. I'm going to be honest. I don't really know what the fuck he's trying to do with this shit. I just thought it was kind of weird. I it's a, It sounds a little too similar to White Power for me, even though that's... He did another video that I don't think I took a a screenshot of. So let me pull that up. He's basically, he did another one where he's kind of describing what this white boy summer shit is supposed to mean. But it's just weird to me. Hang on. Hey, check this out. You know what's not white boy summer? This is the epitome of not white boy summer is having any ill will or prejudice towards anybody from a different background, race, walk of life than you, you know? Having any ill will whatsoever towards anybody that's different from you, that's not white boy summer, dude. That's the shit that we gotta elevate and, uh, you know, get rid of, you know, straight up because, you know, the real vibes is just uh, having nothing but good vibes towards everybody, everybody. You know what I mean? That means everybody. When I say everybody, I mean everybody. That's white boy summer. Keep that shit player, dude. And don't get caught up in the bullshit. You know what I mean? Just stay suck-a-ducking and dummy-dodging at all times. Hey. <laughs> suck-a-ducking and dummy-dodging. Yeah, obviously that sentiment that he expressed in the last video, I agree with, but... I honestly I just looked at it more as like pandering the fact that I mean you could have called this thing anything else and the fact that you're calling it white boy summer it just you didn't you know what I mean like you didn't have to make it about skin color it could have been fucking any I don't know fucking rich boy summer fucking smart boy summer you know what I mean like fucking I don't know even light boy summer would have sounded a little better just because you're a white dude, so your skin's light. You know what I mean? I could get down more with that. But white boy summer just reminds me too much of white power. You know what I mean? But apparently people are rocking with his shit. So who am I to judge? You know what I'm saying? It just <laughs> just seemed odd to me, you know? Especially when you start plugging your actor's guild or whatever the fuck he was talking about, his actor's community. So now it just makes me think you're just plugging your new shit. You know what I'm saying? You're just trying to drum up business for your actors association or whatever the case is. Fucking dad's Tom Hanks done. You got that Toy Story money. You be alright? <laughs> I feel like deep down, he probably just wants to fuck Meg. You know, she had that whole hot girl summer shit. So he's doing this white boy summer. Hoping she'll it'll come up as a blip on her radar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's just trying to get that, trying to get between them cheeks, man. I see what you're doing, Chetty Chet. See you, I. But yeah, I guess that's what we got to look forward to, summer 2021, supposedly. So better watch out, son. Get your motherfucking sunblock. That's the other thing in the video. He's like, you hate Sperry's and stuff. When I think white boy summer, I'm thinking Sperry's, chubby shorts, a shitload of sunscreen. You know what I'm saying? Maybe some like Bud Lights. <laughs> Maybe some Bud Heavies. Some dip, some fucking dip spit. <laughs> like, white boy summer just makes me think college frat boy summer type shit. But apparently that's not the vibe he's going for. So if you need any clarification, check in with your boy Chetty Chet.
<laughs> so yeah, man, watch out for that. Um, what else do we got here today? The rest of the stuff, I believe, is pretty serious. So just to give you a heads up, shifting gears here a little bit. First things first, uh, Monday, the Derek Chauvin trial started. Derek Chauvin, as we've talked about before, is the police officer who murdered George, George Floyd last year in, I believe, May of last year. So the trial just started this week, and I was watching it the past few days since, since it's been going on. And I, normally I don't tune into any trial, really, nationwide or whatever, um, you know, for the exception of, like, Casey Anthony, Trayvon, stuff like that. These big ones I'll tune into, but for the most part, I, I try to not tune into that stuff just because just sitting there watching it was literally giving me anxiety. Um, just the way that these lawyers operate, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're asking questions that they know are going to shed a negative light on either side of, you know, whoever they're defending or prosecuting, whatever. It's it's so shady, man. Like, they're asking questions that they know isn't even necessarily relevant, and then the person on the stand is normally limited to a yes or no answer, so it kind of skews the story a bit. But from what I saw yesterday, it was uh, they were interviewing a gentleman who I guess witnessed the incident and had MMA training. So they were interviewing him a about a lot of different questions regarding chokeholds as far as his MMA training goes. And like basically just trying to explain that um, Officer Chauvin, trying to make it seem like he didn't choke out. George Floyd with his knee or whatever the case was. And then they also had a chick on there who was a, I guess she was a firefighter EMT and was also a witness of the incident that day back in 2020. But she happened to be off duty that day. So it was kind of weird. Like she wasn't technically working or in uniform during the incident. And there's even video evidence of her trying to help out. And the cops are kind of like, telling her to get back, telling everybody to stay on the street, obviously trying to obstruct everybody's visibility of what's going on with George Floyd. It was, just, I don't know, it was really sketchy, man, and it, it made me very uncomfortable watching it. And then on top of that, the people being interrogated, you could tell they know what's right, you know what I'm saying? So when Chauvin's lawyer is interrogating them, trying to spin it to look good for Chauvin, these people, they're not stupid. They know what he's trying to do. So sometimes they'll, obviously they're not lying under oath, but sometimes they'll avoid answering the question or they'll maybe double back on their answer to kind of like make it sound a little more official. But it got to a point where the Chauvin's lawyer and the EMT firefighter lady were almost like getting in kind of a verbal argument. You know what I'm saying? And the fucking judge had to basically call a pause and was fucking reprimanding this chick. I'd never seen that before. And honestly, just being, I don't know, like myself personally, I don't know how well I would fare with that in court or not. You know what I'm saying? You got this random ass dude like, do not argue with the fucking court. Like, bro, if you're, 
if you're asking me some shit and I'm telling you what I think is the factual truth, but then you're going to dispute me on it or say that I'm divulging too much information or whatever, it just, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I don't think I would do very well in that scenario. So I definitely commend those people, especially the MMA guy. He fucking kept his cool. I actually, I'm going to play this little clip real quick. This is basically the back and forth interrogation between Chauvin's lawyer while he's interrogating the gentleman who I said has the MMA training and all that stuff. I'm going to play this for you real quick. You called him a tough guy. You called him a real man. I did. You called him such a man. I did. You called him bogus. <laughs> I did. You called him a bum at least 13 times. That's what you counted in the video? That's what I counted. And yeah, she got 13. And that was early on, right? It, it, those terms grew more and more angry. Would you agree with that? They grew more and more pleading for life. All right. After you called him a bum 13 times, you called him a f That's what you heard? Did you say that? Is that what you heard? I'm asking you, sir. <laughs> did sure you I say did. that? You heard that. I'm pretty sure you did. You call him a, a fucking pussy ass bitch. If that's what you heard. I'm sure that's I'm what I'm asking you. Did you say that? If that's what the video recorded, so I did. <laughs> you called him a bitch. Bitch. If that's the video you heard from video. It's a yes or no, sir. If that's what was heard in the video, yes, I did. And at one point, you said that Officer Tao pushed you. That's correct. That was just, he did. He put his hand in my chest, is what I said. And you observed Officer Tao push someone else, right? Or feel like you, he pushed someone else? I didn't let him touch anyone else. Do you recall saying, I dare you to touch me like that. I swear I'll slap the fuck of both of you. Yeah, I didn't. So again, sir, it's fair to say that you grew angrier and angrier. No, I grew professional and professional. I stayed in my body. You can't pay me out to be angry. Fucking champ, dude. Handled that shit super well. Like I said, I don't know if I would... I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I know you're attacking my character, nonetheless, you're interrogating me in front of a room full of people, the entire country essentially uh i don't know if i would have been able to keep my cool like that but he definitely did bro so shouts to him so i want to give a, a official shout out to these people so the gentleman with the mma training that i've been talking about is donald williams so shout out to donald williams holding it down and then the firefighter emt um her name is genevieve hansen Shout out to her as well. There were other people who were interrogated, but those were the only two that I um, that I was tuned into. I know the shit was going on all day, but I was working and stuff. So Williams and Hanson were the main two that I saw. So shout out to them. So yeah, much love to those two. And then a big fuck you to Derek Chauvin, obviously, but also to Eric Nelson, the defense attorney who is defending Chauvin. Suck a fat cack. Fuck out of here.
bitch. Yeah, that's just mad annoying, bro. I couldn't even watch this fool on TV, bro. Fuck out of here. I feel like when I was watching it, it literally reminded me of that old Chappelle skit. And I feel like that literally would be me, right? This would be me in the fucking courtroom. Sir, is it true you were a crack cocaine dealer for seven years? I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> Sir, will you tell us about the cartels you dealt with in your time as a crack cocaine dealer? Um, no, but I can tell you that I plead the fifth. Exactly how much money did you earn in your time as a crack cocaine dealer? <laughs> in the Constitution of the United States of America. I can only choose one. I can only choose one. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. Five. One, two, three, four, fifth. Anything you say, fifth. Go ahead, ask me a question. Did you... A secret document that I think you need to say. <laughs> Fifth. Yeah, that's real shit. That'd be me the whole time, man. Like I don't know, you wasting your time <laughs> calling me up there, and the whole time fucking Chauvin sitting there with his mask on. You can see his beady little fucking evil eyes over his mask, looking like a little fucking scumbag. Taking notes the whole time, scribbling little shit. I don't know what the fuck he was taking notes on. But yeah, man, I just want to see that dude go to jail. I think we all do. It's just fucking disgusting to even think about, honestly. But that started now. I'm sure that won't be over for another couple weeks at least, would be my guess. So we will keep tabs on that. You know what I mean? Motherfuck Derek Chauvin. Rest in peace to George Floyd. Shout out to his family. Much love to them. So, yeah, man. We're going to keep keep a close eye on that. You know what I'm saying? Um, also, real quick. Supposedly, I saw an article that said heavy storms in the south. And as you guys know, I live in Florida. So, I was a little confused because I feel like we've been, we've been chilling for a little bit. We haven't really gotten much rain or anything like that. But I saw this article that said record rains kill four as more storms slam battered south. At least four people were killed and swift water rescue crews plucked more than 130 people from cars, apartments, and homes as devastating storms continued to hammer the south. An overnight deluge pounded parts of Tennessee with as much as nine inches of rain before the storms began marching northward Sunday through North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana. With the possibility of gusting winds, tornadoes, hail, and flooding, AccuWeather said. The rainfall we got yesterday and overnight made this one of the wettest 24-hour periods in Nashville's history. National Weather Service meteorologist Sam Schamberger said, Multiple tornadoes touched down in Alabama last week, and Mississippi and Tennessee also were hit hard by the wild, dangerous spring weather. So yeah, I was a little confused, and then I saw my buddy Harry up in Nashville 
had posted these videos of all like the trees torn out of the ground and power lines down and everything all fucked up. So then I was like, oh, okay, that that must be where it's at. So much love to everybody in that um, Tennessee, you know, just north of Florida area. Hopefully there's not too much damage, um, and you guys, you guys will be okay. Hopefully. Another thing I wanted to talk about, which is fucking, this shit is heavy. So I saw, I don't know if you guys have heard about what's going on in Myanmar, a country out in Asia, formerly known as Burma, Southeast Asia, bordering India, Bangladesh, China, Laos, and Thailand. Myanmar is... They essentially saw a massacre. I think it was last week. Let me read you this article. Across Myanmar, opponents of the ruling junta on Sunday mourned the killings of at least 114 people by security forces in the bloodiest day since the military coup of February 1st, but vowed to keep protesting to end army rule. Children were among those killed on Saturday Myanmar's Armed Forces Day, according to news reports and witnesses, in a crackdown that drew renewed Western criticism. The UN investigator said the army was carrying out mass murder. We salute our heroes who sacrificed their lives during this revolution, and we must win this revolution. One of the main protest groups, the General Strike Committee of Nationalities, posted on Facebook. Saturday also brought some of the heaviest fighting since the coup between the army and the ethnic armed groups that control swaths of the country. Military jets had killed at least three people in a raid on a village controlled by an armed group from the Karen minority. A civil society group said on Sunday after the Karen National Union faction earlier said it had to said it had overrun an army post near the Thai border, killing 10 people. The airstrike sent villagers fleeing into the jungle. A junta spokesman did not answer calls seeking comment on the killings or the fighting. Senior General Ming Ong Lang, the junta leader, had said during, the, during a parade to mark Armed Forces Day, that the military would protect the people and strive for democracy. The Myanmar Now news portal said 114 people were killed across the country in crackdowns on the protests. The dead included 40 people, one of them a 13-year-old girl in Myanmar's second city of Mandalay. At least 27 people were killed in the commercial hub Yangon, Myanmar Now said. Another 13-year-old was among the dead in the central Sagang region. Deaths were recorded from the Kachin region in the mountainous north to Tanantarthi. Um, that's definitely not correct, but... In the far south on the Andaman Sea, taking the overall number of civilians reported killed since the coup to more than 440. U.S. Ambassador Thomas Vajda said on social media, This bloodshed is horrifying, adding Myanmar's people have spoken clearly they do not want to live under military rule. 
the EU delegation to Myanmar said Saturday would forever stay engraved as a day of terror and dishonor. The top military officer from the United States and nearly a dozen of his, of his counterparts joined to condemn the killings by Myanmar's army. Their statement said that a professional military must follow international standards for conduct and is responsible for protecting, not harming, the people it serves. UN Special Reporter Tom Andrew said it was time for the world to take action. If not through the UN Security Council, then through an international emergency summit. He said the junta should be cut off from funding, such as oil and gas revenues, and from access to weapons. Words of condemnation or concern are frankly ringing hollow to the people of Myanmar while the military junta commits mass murder against them, he said in a statement. The people of Myanmar need the world's support. Words are not enough. It is past time for robust, coordinated action. Despite the Western condemnation, Myanmar's junta has friends elsewhere. Russia's Deputy Defense Minister Alexander Fomin attended Saturday's military parade in Naypitao. I'm sorry, that's not correct either, but I'm sorry. Having met senior junta leaders a day earlier. Diplomats said eight countries, Russia, China, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Vietnam, Laos, and Thailand, sent representatives, but Russia was the only one to send a minister to the parade on Armed Forces Day, which commemorates the start of the resistance to Japanese occupation in 1945. Support from Russia and China, which has also refrained from criticism, is important for the junta as those two countries are permanent members of the United Nations Security Council and can block potential UN actions. The military has said it took power because November elections won by Aung San Suu Kyi's party were fraudulent. An assertion dismissed by the country's election commission. Suu Kyi remains in detention at an undisclosed location and many other figures in her party are also in custody. It also says at least 114 people were killed Saturday during demonstrations in 44 towns and cities across the country, according to a tally by the independent Myanmar Now News outlet. CNN has been unable to independently confirm the number of people killed. In a joint statement, Alice Wairimu Ditiru UN Special Advisor on the Prevention of Genocide and Michelle Bachelet, UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, urged the Myanmar military to immediately stop killing the very people it has the duty to serve and protect. The officials also strongly condemned the Myanmar military's widespread, lethal, increasingly systematic attacks against peaceful protesters, as well as other serious violations of human rights, since it seized power on February 1st, 2021. The UN special reporter for Myanmar said the army was carrying out mass murder and called on the world to isolate the junta and halt its access to weapons. According to the latest tally by the Nonprofit Assistance Association for Political Prisoners, at least 423 people have been killed in Myanmar since the military coup on February 1st. 
At least six children between the ages of 10 and 16 were among those killed on Saturday, Myanmar's Armed Forces Day, according to news reports and witnesses Reuters reported. Despite the bloodshed, some protesters returned to the streets Sunday to demonstrate against Myanmar's military in parts of Yangon and other districts across Myanmar. Live streams Sunday showed people marching to protest the military in Fire Then Zoo along the Thailand-Myanmar border, filling the streets. Some protesters also took to the streets in Magway and Myang Yang, according to Myanmar Now. Residents told local media that military forces had been firing indiscriminately in Yangon since early morning. Images shared on social media purport to show at least one man was shot dead in Hlang Township on Sunday. Local media also reported a woman was shot in the head by security forces in Man Wa, central Myanmar. A 40-year-old Mandalay resident was shot and burnt alive by military troops, according to Myanmar Now, which quoted residents and a night guard in the victim's neighborhood. Its report added that locals were unable to help the victim due to continuous gunfire from the troops. Also in Myanmar, Mandalay, a 24-year-old woman was killed and two others were injured when the coup regime's gunmen opened fire on protesters on Sunday. The independent news outlet also reported the killing of a 20-year-old nurse on Sunday in Manwa. Its report said the nurse was shot in the head by the military as she attended to others injured by military troops. She was reportedly a part of a rescue team. A man who has yet to be identified was also shot dead by the military alongside the nurse. In another incident, it reported that a, women, a women's right activist, part of the Women for Justice organization in Myanmar, was killed by the military during a crackdown on an anti-coup protest in Kalei Saigang. Reuters news agency reported, quoting witnesses, that Myanmar's security forces opened fire Sunday at people gathered in the town of Bago for the funeral of one of the 114 people killed the previous day. There were no immediate reports of casualties in the gunfire. Jesus Christ, dude. This is fucking... Like, we think we got it bad over here. Military or shooting people in the head Hel shooting a nurse in the head while she's trying to help injured people that you already shot like this is i mean this is war movie shit like saving private ryan fucking hotel rwanda fucking jesus christ dude prayers for myanmar much love to everybody out there nothing but positivity for you guys because i can't even imagine dude what the fuck all right well yeah, so I wasn't aware of any of this shit. That shit's fucked up, man. So you know the drill. I think uh, normally I'd play T.O.P. right here, but given the beginning of the pod, I think we're going to play some Bill.
Sometimes we just need some more love, some more unity. With all this crazy fucked up shit going on, people killing each other for no apparent reason. Just gotta lean on me, man. Gotta lean on each other, you know? That's it. So the last thing I wanted to talk about, um, some more stuff for the White House. This article says, President Biden on Tuesday announced plans to nominate 11 judges to the federal courts, including D.C. District Court Judge Katanji Brown Jackson to replace former D.C. Circuit Court Judge Merrick Garland, who is now U.S. Attorney General. Why does this matter? The nominees include three black women and could seat the first Muslim federal judge in the country's history the first AAPI woman to ever serve on the D.C. District Court, and the first woman of color as a federal judge in Maryland, according to the White House. The selections reflect the president's deeply held conviction that the federal bench should reflect the full diversity of the American people, the White House wrote in a news release. 
The nomination of Jackson will likely spur discussion about a potential nomination for Supreme Court. Biden has said he will nominate the country's first black female justice and the D.C. Circuit Court to which Jackson is nominated is often viewed as a stepping stone for the highest court. Jackson was once a clerk for the Justice Stephen Breyer, the oldest judge on the Supreme Court. Some of the other nominees were Zahid Karashi, a magistrate judge and nominee for the New Jersey District Court, would be the first Muslim American to serve on the federal bench. Tiffany Cunningham, a patent litigator in Chicago, was nominated to the Federal Circuit Appeals Court. She would be the first black woman to serve on that court. Florence Pond, a federal claims court judge, is nominated to replace Jackson on the D.C. District Court. She would be the first Asian American woman on the court. Candace Jackson Akiwumi, who has served as a federal public defender for the last decade, is a nominee for the Seventh Circuit Appeals Court. She would be the only black woman on that court's bench. Some of the other nominations include Magistrate Judge Deborah Boardman and Federal Claims Court Judge Lydia Grigsby. Biden said in a statement, This trailblazing slate of nominees draws from the very best and brightest minds of the American legal profession. Each is deeply qualified and prepared to deliver justice faithfully under our Constitution and impartially to the American people. And together they represent the broad diversity of background, experience, and perspective that makes our nation strong. The White House noted in its news release that none of the last four administrations had nominated more than two candidates by this point in their presidency. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like Biden's making the right moves. You know what I mean? Whether that's him or his administration or Kamala or whoever, it doesn't really matter. It just sounds like they're doing the right thing. Um, so shout out to those nominees, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully they get they get placements and they can start making some changes for the better in this country because I think God knows we all need it. But to be honest, I had some more stuff. We're a little over an hour now, so I think I might just save that shit for next episode. You know, I also realized as I'm recording this that when I put it out, most likely tomorrow the 31st, is going to be the two-year, two years... Is it two years? Yeah, that marks two years without Nip. Nipsey Hustle, rest in peace. So you know what I gotta do. I'm the type that's gon' go get it, no kidding Breaking down a switch in front of your building Sitting on the steps, feeling no feelings Last night it was a cold killer You gotta keep the devil in this hole, nigga But you know how it go, nigga 
I'm front line every time it's on, nigga. Honey pro flow, run and shoot pro. 458 drop, playing bulletproof soul. Every few shows, I just buy some new gold. Circle got smaller, everybody can't go. Downtown Diamond District, jewelers like yo. Hustle, holla at me, I got Cubans on the low. Through the Cancun, smoking Cubans on the boat. And dock that Tulum just to smoke. Look, listening to music at the Maya Ruins. True devotion on the bluest ocean. Cruising. My cultural influence, even revolution. I'm integrated vertically, y'all niggas blew it. They tell me hustle, dumb it down, you might confuse me. It's like that weirdo rap you motherfuckers used to. I'm a urban legend, South Central in a certain section. Can't express how I curb detectives. Guesses, evidence of a divine presence. Blessings, held me down at times I seem reckless. Effort, got an L but got an E for effort. Stretched it, dropped him off in the Mojave Desert. Then left me, ain't no answer to these trick questions. Money making nip, straighten out my jewelry on my best dresser. Well known, flick up in jail clothes. Snatch a champagne bottle from Rico's till T-shirts. Whatever niggas, playing chess, not checkers Nigga 38 special for you clever niggas See bro, you ain't living down by the street code Been through all these motions up and down like a seesaw I can never view you as my equal Fuck, I wanna hear your CD default Yeah man, rest in peace and Nib, bro Felt it was only right End the episode Victory lap But yeah bro Rest in peace Nip Marathon continues So this is gonna wrap up Episode 38 You know what I mean I always As always I appreciate you guys Fucking being here man So I'm not just talking to myself At least I'm talking to myself But at least you're Receiving the info (laughs) The vibe you know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, it's gonna wrap up episode 38. You know the motherfucking... You know. You know what's coming next, you understand? Stay safe, stay smart, stay sexy, and stay motherfucking tuned. Okay? You know we got some more guests coming. I always gotta slip in these little solo dolo joints. Let you know what the fuck time it is. But yeah, man. Take it easy out there. One love. You know what I'm saying? Tell your loved ones you love them. You know what I mean? But more importantly, keep your motherfucking head up. Keep the vibes right. You understand? And brush your fucking teeth. Don't drop it in the toilet while you're pissing. <laughs> and wash your ass, you dirty fuck. A lot of you filthy fucks out there don't even wash your hands. So I don't even want to know what your ass looks like, you dirty motherfucker. Wash your ass. Wash your hands. Wash your ass, then wash your hands. How about that? Fuck out of here. <laughs> Alright yo Stay clean Peace That's a wrap Sayonara Fuck out Thanks for Thanks for tuning in don't have to go home You just can't stay here Alright Peace Thank <laughs> you.